Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Agents of Mace. Today, we're talking the entirety of What If Season 2. It was their, I guess, sort of like Christmas, New Year's present to us all. Um, They did like an episode a day. And I think they did more of what I wanted from Season 1. But then they also still like tied all the episodes together, um, which I don't know if I'm for or against. But I think overall, as a whole, we can do like a quick, you know, thoughts on the whole season. I enjoyed it. I think I maybe even enjoyed it a little more than season one. So how about you guys? Big statement there. (laughs) Which was like the first question I saw online, like as soon as it was over, because everyone wanted to know which season you liked more. Well, before we get into that, Happy New Year's, everyone. We're in a new year, a new year, a new season. (laughs) It's gonna be exciting. Um, yeah, I'm pretty much the same as you. Like, uh, it definitely provided more of what I was wanting, looking for. Um, you definitely see, you know. They're putting a lot of it, and I see a lot of discussion around this as well. You know, a couple of core characters that we see carry over through most of these episodes. I'm very, very curious to see like what will happen because it seems like they're already working on a third season. They've already revealed a little teaser for it, which was kind of cool. It was like this almost Thelma and Louise esque (laughs) kind of like pop car chase sequence. So I'm very curious to see where things are going to go. But I am curious if they will continue with like these core characters. Uh, which is primarily Captain Carter and Doctor Strange, or if we'll see a shift and get some attention into any of the other characters. Um, and then, you know, we'll get we'll get into, because we have a new character uh, that seems to be more of like an original thing. Um, I guess my last note is, there is a particular approach that they went with the finale on this that I'm very curious on both of your thoughts on, and we'll get into that when we get to the end. Um I liked it, but it's like it 
I don't know. There's there's something about it that bothers me a little bit in terms of like the MCU as a whole of what it could mean as we move forward on things. Uh, but again, this is kind of like a standalone series, so it, it may not really matter per se, but we kind of have seen it in one of the series as well. But we'll get into that near the end. How about you? Um, <clears throat> I don't think that I don't think I like one of the seasons better than the other. I think they were just about where each other were. That's that's a weird way to phrase that. Um <laughs> I didn't uh, I didn't think the one was significantly better than the other. I thought that they were both very, very good. I really enjoyed getting to watch these, especially the way they did it this time where it was uh, we got a new episode every day for several days instead of having uh, one episode per week. I mean, whenever we got the one episode per week, I didn't mind it, but I really enjoyed over the holidays getting a new episode um, daily. That was, uh, oh, that was nice, especially, you know, there's going to be kids home from school and teachers home from school. And so it's a little, <laughs> it's a little fun thing uh, to be doing while, uh, while you're home with your family. Uh, so I enjoyed that. Um, I, I'm interested in how they're continuing the story of Captain Carter and Super Strange. Um, and like y'all, I'm interested to see if they continue that into season three. I really hope so, which we'll talk about in a minute for reasons. Um, but yeah, I can't, there wasn't an episode this time that I straight up did not like, which I felt that way about the first season. I liked all the episodes just in different degrees, although I seem to remember there were some that you guys were like very, very mad on, or perhaps even down on. I'm thinking of the Norse episode that I liked, <laughs> you two didn't. Um, so yeah, it was a good time, and I'm excited for us to all share what we thought. Well, let's start sharing and we'll get in. We'll go uh, sort of episode by episode. Um, so we'll start with episode one, which was what if Nebula joined, joined the Nova Corps? I feel like this season, a lot of these episodes drew heavily on pre-existing films. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um it seemed like a lot of these stories, even if they were like twisted in a way to fit the Marvel universe, it was like stories that I had seen before. Um, this one to me was almost like a little like Blade Runner-y meets, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like I mean, any like cyberpunk-esque thing that you could think of. That's this episode. Yeah. Um, I also felt like this episode was relatively dark from the start all the way through like there were some light moments that it tried to have but the story itself was i think one of the darker ones this season um which is interesting just because i I feel like last season was a lot more traditional marvel as far as like how the stories were you know there were serious moments but there were also a lot of funny moments to like smooth everything out where this was like a lot more dark moments than funny moments. Um, I mean, it, it basically starts with Nebula finding Yandu's body and being like, Oh yeah, Yandu was killed. And it's like, Oh, Oh, okay. We're just starting like right away. Um, I think the story is just a little, uh, it's one of the weaker ones for me this season. Um, 
apart from the fact that it didn't really have anything to do with any of the other ones, it seemed one note. I don't know. Just my thoughts <laughs> on it. <laughs> I can see all that. I like this one. I, I'm I'm all for like the Blade Runner detective style things. Um, which is interesting to start off so dark because like, yeah, it seemed like season one, you know, it was kind of building up to the whole super strange and it felt like, you know, it's kind of going from like light, like, you know, pause, like it's darker as it goes. Whereas this mm. hits you like right off, like, you know, um, and it's curious that there, I didn't really feel like a real direct immediate connection from like season one. Mm-hmm. No, you almost would expect like they would probably do that. Like. That kind of picks you up to where they left off on things, um, but yeah, this one was very, very standalone, like you said. Um, but, but I liked it. I like uh, the Blade Runner nods, just the environment, just the kind of like, you know, who's really trying to play who, and uh, you know, because we're kind of in this realm of like abilities and superpowers, and like, you know, Nebula could do X, Y, Z, and it's yeah, just kind of realizing like, oh, I know you're going to do this all along. Right. playing along with it well and that was part of, like part of my problem with the first season i think is that too much of it was tied together mm-hmm. and i think what i want from what if is more like the comics where like in the comics the what if comics are not tied together at all whatsoever mm-hmm. it's just stories like you know a complete story about one thing here in this other universe i think the only one that like tied stuff together was the Miles Morales one, which was like five or six stories about different universes with different Miles, where he was like, mm. he was Wolverine in one, he was Hulk in one, he was, I don't know, somebody else in Captain America in one, I think. And like, then the last one, all of the Mileses come together. And it was like, oh, okay. But even that was like, it was one specific character's story. Whereas this is like we're trying to take these characters and like blend all these universes together. So mm-hmm. part of the reason I liked this season more was because I feel like we did get more one-off stories. But then I wanted a little bit more out of the one-off stories than than I think this episode gave me. Because like when it started, I was like, finally, like a one-off doesn't have anything to do with anything else. And then at the end of it, I was like, I kind of wish they had picked any other story to tell than this <laughs> one. I like the aesthetic, but it just. Yeah. They made Nebula seem like super powerful at the beginning of the episode. And by the end of the episode, it seemed like Nebula was not powerful at all and sort of got lucky. I don't know. What I wish they would do, do more with Howard the Duck. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. That was fun in this one. Mm-hmm. But it would be really cool if we could have a what if episode that's just around like, like what if Howard the Duck stopped Thanos or something? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We did get to see uh, Nebula in a more heroic role in this one, which was good. And also, I did recognize that this was uh, riffing on Blade Runner, but I've also never seen Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> so that is that's how uh heavily it pays tribute to blade runner is somebody who's never seen the movie can turn to her husband and be like this is blade runner isn't it <laughs> like, yeah it sure is 
And that's uh, that kind of thing, like the space noir, I don't even know what you'd call it. It's not really my thing, which is why I haven't seen Blade Runner. Um, but I still I still enjoyed uh, this episode. I thought that it was uh, I thought that it was consistently interesting. That darker tone does set it apart from the other ones, I think, in this season. Um, and not necessarily that it's dark, scary or dark, depressing. It just felt a little bit more. Um, I mean, I guess almost like grown up like it didn't feel like it was something that uh younger kids would be into and a lot of the stuff that is in what if does it can get a little bit more violent than you would expect to see for uh for a younger age group but mostly i feel like it's stuff that they would be into this one i'm not sure would maintain their interest it felt like a little bit more of a mature episode i agree i agree uh yeah i I can't remember if my kids walk because like yeah was, Howard put so much emphasis on losing his liquor license like kids aren't going to understand like they're not going to get any. <laughs> it's just like yeah yeah licenses are well, driving <laughs> right <laughs> well uh let's let's continue through these these episodes um episode two what if Peter Quill attacked Earth Mighty Earth's Mightiest Heroes? Um, the movie that I would tie this to would be like Brightburn. Um, mm-hmm. It seems very much yeah. like here's this kid with crazy superpowers, where in this case there are cosmic powers, and doesn't a hundred percent understand the like the extent of his power and the consequences of his power. Um, I think Brightburn's a little darker than this, so don't, it, this oh, yeah. one isn't as dark as that. But um, essentially, Yandu takes Peter to Ego instead of raising Peter. And Ego says, hey, Peter, I'm going to teach you how to be all powerful, and you're going to help me take over the universe. Um, it's interesting in this episode people we get like we get this sort of like avengers but hastily thrown together avengers based on the fact that they don't have time to put together actual avengers but i don't understand the timeline like Mm -hmm. i get that peter is a kid but i guess they never really explain like how peter ages like does he age like a normal earthling because like how old is he supposed to be in guardians of the galaxy yeah i mean i don't think he was aging normally because his it seems like it matches up for how old he should be in earth years from whenever we're seeing him in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy versus how old he is in the flashback scene in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it's just that he hasn't been with Ego for very long and was only taken over there recently. Um, right. So, yeah. so then Hank Pym would be... Like, the fact that Hank comes as Ant-Man is just sort of like, well, wait a second. I don't understand how Hank and Hope are here to help 
but isn't he like not Ant-Man anymore, but somehow he's Ant-Man again? But wasn't this in the eighties? Yeah, this was in nineteen eighty eight. So this was all around the same year that like so like like in nineteen eighty eight is when Peter was taken from Earth. But right. it's kind of like still stuck in that year. Like they didn't really right. extend it out. It's just the only difference is like he's given back to ego and they pretty much go right back to Earth. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it was pretty wild to see like, you know, Ant-Man, but we also get Goliath and the mm-hmm. it's fascinating to see like there's already this connection with like Wakanda. So we have mm-hmm. Black Panther. Um and they get Bucky and they get Russia. Bucky. Like on the yeah, like Russia. some of that, yeah. <laughs> some of that was pretty wild. Like I do appreciate that Thor shows up and it's just he's just Thor. He's just <laughs> Thor. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a weird one, I think. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um but I was confused for most of it. Like, I don't understand how they were able to put together this group of heroes in mm-hmm. what seemed like half a day. But then by the time they officially put the Avengers together, it has taken them an additional 30 years to to build this team that mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, you could have built this team in the <laughs> late 80s, but instead you waited. But I also still am not 100% sure what Hank's involvement as Ant-Man is, like, period, as a mm-hmm. hero, as a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. All of that is a little hazy. And they just sort of like, yeah, he used to work for S.H.I.E.L.D. And now he doesn't. And it's like, well, I don't get it. I don't, why? I don't know. I liked the episode. I don't want it to sound like I didn't like the episode. But I did spend a lot of the episode like trying to think and question like, well, wait a second. How does this like, how does this work? How does Bucky showing up? Hey, how is <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, and like and and at what point does I don't really remember when Howard dies. Like how old is Tony when Howard dies? Wasn't that in the very early 90s? Is that what it was? So it's I like think so. like right after this. Yeah, pretty yeah, it would be like after these events. <laughs> <laughs> but then you see that he gets like a change of heart, you know, sort of by the end of this. So I wonder if in this universe does Bucky come and kill the uh, the Starks? Could be what up is- for uh, part two, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's let's move to the Christmas episode because this is probably one of my favorite episodes. Even though <laughs> I think it was one of the most ridiculous episodes. Um. Oh, episode man. three is what if happy hogan saved christmas it's die hard mm-hmm. uh and they make references to the fact that it's die hard multiple times through the episode uh yeah. the only difference is happy's trying to stop um 
Justin Hammer from stealing some of Bruce Banner's blood and instead accidentally injects it in himself and becomes the Purple Hulk. Happy Hogan. Which we're all calling Hulk Hogan. Uh, Hulk Hogan, yeah. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and uh, it's just as goofy and nonsense and funny as you would imagine. Just him running around. Like, even the facts that when he's originally hulking out, it doesn't, like, change his whole body. It changes, like, his leg and then his mm-hmm. arm and then his other leg and other arm. And, like, there's this, I think there's a sequence where he's, like, running away with two Hulk arms, a Hulk leg, a regular leg, and then like mm. his regular torso and head. And it's just yeah. like the goofiest looking thing. Oh, I really liked this episode. <laughs> this was a fun one. And getting to see the regular Avengers at what appears to be a mall doing <laughs> yeah. Christmas stuff. That was a lot of fun. I don't know how they rubbed Tony into doing Santa Claus things, but it happened. <laughs> I just can't yeah. imagine Natasha being a Santa's elf at the mall. <laughs> like, regardless of how well-known this group is, it doesn't seem like what they would do. Putting Bruce Banner in there with, you know, a bunch of screaming kids. This is early. This is still early Bruce Banner. Like, <laughs> not fully in control yet. Um, But yeah, this one, I, I really enjoyed this one. I like that the... I like whenever they bring hammer industry stuff back mm-hmm. um just because like the way that they've handled aim i think they sort of made aim like i don't know that we're gonna see it much even though it is sort of like up there with hydra um so i want them to bring more like hammer industry stuff back because it's such like a good especially for like armor wars and stuff like that it just seems like this is the time to reintroduce us to that. And maybe that's what this is. They're just like, Hey, remember Justin hammer. Remember when he stole some Stark tech stuff? Um, yeah, I I hope we get more of that. I want to see more of these like weird suited villains that, you know, are Iron Man centric, I guess, but could be taken on by anyone. And then, Talk about if there was one thing from this entire season that they have to put into the canon live action MCU is Hulk Hogan. They have to. (laughs) I I like. They have to. I'm confused why his hair doesn't change with him and he becomes bald. Um, Oh yeah, but that that's that apart from it. Just like even if it's just like beefier John Favreau like it doesn't have to be like he fully hulks out but there's a moment later in the season where it is a different timeline and at one point Happy's character in that timeline gets angry and like pulses purple Mm -hmm. and it's like wait, so is this a character? Like, how have I never heard of this character before? So they have to. They just have to. They can't. I I won't accept them not. <laughs> even, if, yeah, even if it's like subtly mentioned, like, let's go back to like Hulk's little bar. And someone just needs a question like, whatever happened to Happy? And like, we don't talk about. <laughs> yeah, he's not invited here anymore or something. Yeah. <laughs> or even just like if they go back to the bar and on the wall, there's like a picture of like a purple Hulk 
like <laughs> hanging out with regular Hulk. Be like, oh, that's heavy. <laughs> Even if we saw him in some was like, hey, don't Hulk out. You're right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Or even um, Morgan could say something about it. Like, Uncle Happy Hulk's out now sometimes. It's <laughs> yeah. I would love it. Or, like, I liked, like, the, a lot of the characters. So we had, like, Darcy was back as an intern. Mm-hmm. Like, sh- that would be perfect. Like, let's keep her as a canon character, like, in all future stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, it's, like, one of those, like, um, oh, what's uh, Scott's friend's name? That we always want to like kind of yeah, Lewis. Like Louise. We need like Lewis and Darcy to be the ones that kind of like they're telling the stories and keep everything <laughs> together. I would like lo- that. I honestly thought the amount of times we see Darcy pop up and stuff, I thought like maybe they're hanging on to Kat Dennings because mm-hmm. they're like, hey, eventually we're gonna give your character powers and it's gonna be some character from the comics that like, oh, that's who that has been this whole time. Um, but yeah, yeah, when when she popped up in this, I was like, okay, so Darcy's still around. She's mm-hmm. uh, an intern at Stark, I guess. Although now I don't know in the in the MCU, Stark's not a thing anymore, right? Maybe she'll be an intern with the Fantastic Four at the Baxter <laughs> Building. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's. it's... Yeah, it's it was interesting to see like Hammer wanting. You know, his whole mission was to go after like Hulk's blood versus anything like Tony's tech or something. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting that like Jarvis was like shut down for maintenance. Right, right. Which is seem like seemed odd. Like he would have a backup. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like... I mean, Tony's always had this library of AI. So it's like if mm-hmm. if any one of them had to be like shut down for any reason, like you would think he would utilize Friday or any of the mm. other ones. Yeah. Yeah, that was. I get they had to do it for the story, but yeah, it didn't make yeah. a whole lot of sense. <laughs> it's great that they well, got they... Sam Rockwell back for this one, too. Mm-hmm. I w- I'm glad that they're. They're not only like continuing to get people involved with this what if project from the regular MCU stuff, but it's cool to see them take this stuff in like such a direction that like it could potentially pop up somewhere in the MCU, even if it is just a nod to it because it's all the same people. It's not like a completely different cast of people we've never seen or heard from before. So And who knows what's the real universe at this point? I know. Which one's the good one? (laughs) (laughs) I think the next one is the good one. Uh, Episode four's universe, which is what if Iron Man crashed into the Grandmaster? (laughs) Um, It was like Mad Max and Speed Racer mushed together. That's the that's those are the movies that we got in this one. (laughs) Yeah. And this is the one that was supposed to be part of the first season, right? Because the Gamora episode was originally part of the season one run, which is why she's in the last episode where they have the team up. Mm. So I'm guessing this one got bumped because it looks like it took a really long time to animate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Uh, 
it it's a lot. There's a lot going on. I mean, I felt like when it started, it wasn't going to be a whole lot of the race, and it was going to be more like talking, mm-hmm. and the race would be like the climactic end. But then we got multiple races, um, including the huge climactic ending race, and we got the really cool hulkbuster armor that we saw the toy for when season one came out mm-hmm. the weird like sakar hulkbuster and i was like oh cool like we're we're finally getting these things that we've been waiting for for so long um i love that the grandmaster has this melting stick that <laughs> why does he only have one it's so powerful. Why wouldn't you have like, I think like for the final race, he, or or even the the first race, like the, I can't remember her name. The Topaz. Yeah, <laughs> she she has it on her her car, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, why wouldn't she just have like, why wouldn't her car just be like covered in them, right? So she just bumps into anything and it melts it. Seems like a misstep by the the grandmaster. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's like the the golden car, the golden gun, right? James Bond, like one little tap and you're vaporized. But so I, I love back this to like with great power comes great responsibility because <laughs> too many accidents could happen with that. <laughs> as I mean, as they do in this episode. Mm-hmm. One thing that I've enjoyed about uh, both of these seasons, um. Because we don't have Robert Downey Jr. back as uh, as Tony. And I'm going to have to look up this actor's name who's doing the voice. But even though it's not, it doesn't sound exactly like Robert Downey Jr. The way he's portraying Tony is so good. Like the comic mm-hmm. timing is there. It's very, very witty. I've really, really enjoyed hearing this version of Iron Man in, in What If. Even if we don't have RDJ back, um, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to look because he's doing a great job. His name is Mick Wingert. Wingert. Mm-hmm. Mick Wingert. I bet he's uh, got like literally a thousand credits because that's how voice actors are. But he's doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I think if I remember correctly, uh, we may have gotten uh, post credits in one of these other ones. Yeah, we didn't get too many post credits. But I know this one had one because it was... It made me even more question, like, what does the melt stick do? <laughs> because uh, the Grandmaster is melted into a puddle, and then he's just talking as the puddle. And he's like, Topaz, put me in a bucket. Uh, I kind of like how this feels or something like that. And, like, that's the post credit scene. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's just like, oh, the Grandmaster's still alive. He's just a puddle of goo. Puddle form. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Uh, it's like Wonder Twin powers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bucket of water. Uh, what if no, they this... carried over? What if, like, a future movie, the next Thor movie, they happen to go back there and it's like, oh, we forgot the the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> the Grandmaster's just like a puddle on the floor. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this episode. It, it was a lot of fun. Very uh. I don't, it was like so many things. It was like a pod race. 
it was like that movie you death get, race yeah you get like you do get like the pod race feel to it a little bit of mario kart esque you mm-hmm. know um i enjoyed just tony just using his technology right using the arc reactor being able to kind of construct this really cool suit and turn it into like this car um yeah i was figuring my kids would have jumped on this one they every time we put on any of this they just want to watch the zombies <laughs> <laughs> well they'll they'll get them we're not there yet though uh yeah and then it's like the the relationship with like tony and gamora because I've seen a lot of chat around that of like, oh, what could they do? It's, isn't there a comic line where they do get together? I think so, yeah. Or at least in I one think of it's, the books. I think it's one of the... There's like a whole line. I don't remember which Iron Man it is. But he joins the Guardians. Mm. I think at one point. Yeah, I mean... I'd I'd almost be fine if we just made each episode a standalone episode. And then the next season was the same stories just continued, but you got mm-hmm. like one from each of the, the stories. Um, the next episode that we'll talk about is one of the first ones that really like brings back around this. We're going to reintroduce you to a character, you know, from last time. And we're going to like make this weird story. That's going to tie everything together again. Um, so episode five was what if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper? Um, it pretty much starts with the Watcher telling us, hey, remember last season? Mm-hmm. Well, that Peggy Carter is now back in her own universe doing her own thing. And then that's where we kind of start. And it's like, oh, hold on. So we're like actually <laughs> following one of the characters from last time. And he like foreshadows some stuff too, because mm-hmm. he he references that, you know, he's got a connection to this particular Captain Carter, um, right. which. But on that line, I'm wondering if if he'll mention in the future season a connection to Groot, because <laughs> it seems <laughs> like you know, like we had that one little Groot short, and it seems like there was some sort of connection there. So that would be really cool later on. But anyway. Yeah, this one was uh this one was pretty cool. This is like one more of the action heavy episodes. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's it's basically like they give you a little bit of story at the beginning and then mm-hmm. they fight with the red room for the entirety mm-hmm. of the rest of the episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is Which a is story cool thread that, that Yeah, I was I was just gonna say this is the one that I feel like has to carry over into season three. They've been following Captain Carter really, really closely. And and we still haven't had a happy ending for uh, for her and her universe's teeny tiny Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's that's really all I want. I just want them to be happy. They've been through so much now. And so this this episode was basically a retelling of the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. except uh, instead of Bucky out tearing around causing mischief, it's Steve. Um, but. This was a really good one. I always like whenever we can return to to this character and all the moments that she has with Steve are great. I just I like them and I, I want good things for them. <laughs> it's also interesting that if. If Peggy became Captain America or Captain Britain mm-hmm. instead of Steve, 
then that means Bucky becomes the president of the United States. <laughs> and I was like, that doesn't that doesn't add up. Uh, I'm, I'm so confused why Bucky is the president just because Steve isn't Captain America. He fought in WW2. What else do you want from this man? <laughs> it's, he's, yeah, I guess he, he'd have like the background leadership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It works. It works. I just thought it was so funny when he popped out. I was like, well, it's not that way the other way around. You know, if Steve <laughs> becomes uh, Captain America, it's not like Peggy's the president or Steve is the president. I don't know. Um, she could have been. <laughs> yeah. This is this is definitely a fun one. Um, it, I really enjoy getting to see the Red Room again, just because I wasn't a huge fan of the Black Widow movie. I don't know that that's like a great movie, but the two things from that movie that I want more of is I want more Yelena and I want more Red Room. Mm-hmm. Um, in this, I feel like we did get a little bit more Red Room, like explained a little bit more about like where it is and why it's there. And we got to see, you know, more of the Red Room assassins come out and battle Black Widow and see how Black Widow is able to like outsmart them. And you're like, oh, she really is like the best of them. Um, it was weird. There were a couple times where it felt like they could have had a little more exposition, but didn't. And I don't know if that's just because like, that wasn't the point of the story. The point of the story was to show more Captain Carter and Steve drama, but there were a couple points where like, um, I can't remember her name, but like the head of the red room. Was um, it? It's her name like Marlena. Yeah. It's yeah. Like Marlena. That. Yeah. It's Rachel. Like Melina <laughs> Vostikov. Yeah. I wanted more like she would talk with uh Black Widow and it just felt like there should be more there. There should be more talking, there should be more like exposition about what exactly happened, why she left the red room, why do, do they want her back? Or are they just trying to kill her because she worked for the red room? Like None of that was explained. It was just like, we're going to get you. And then they started fighting. And it was like, yeah, but why, though? <laughs> and then what does the end of this episode mean for the Red Room? Right. Like the episode ends with Steve realizing that he was brainwashed and flying his suit up into the Red Room, somehow destroying this entire ship. Oh, only in Independence Day. Yeah, 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 I guess, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and then the ship crashes to the ground, somehow doesn't kill Captain Carter and and uh, Black Widow in this like gigantic <laughs> nuclear explosion fireball. But, you know, again, comic book. But what does that mean? Is the Red Room gone forever? Was that one of many? I want yeah, more. that's a good I question. Want more of like, that story. Is it was it only ever just one? I mean, you know, but we can go to the whole like multi universe. But like, if you just pick any particular universe, is there more than one Red Room? Right, right. Is that just like one of their training facilities? So, and it would I, be cool feel, to see more. Yeah, and they could almost do like 
a Star Warsy approach with this? Like, what if the Black Widow tried to utilize what she learned, but kind of make it more for the good, right? Right. So, um, that would be interesting. Yeah. Or like, what if the Black Widow took over the Red Room instead of yeah. destroying it? Yeah. It'd be like, ooh, that could be a neat story. So, all right, uh, season three. If you need some <laughs> writers or some idea people, let us know. <laughs> uh but yeah this one this one does kind of lead us into what's going to happen with the brought back characters um mm-hmm. basically all of that happens then Peggy and uh Natasha are chatting they're going to go and try to look for Steve because Peggy thinks that Steve is still out there then all of a sudden a portal opens up and just sucks Peggy Carter right in, and she falls into what looks like some sort of Renaissance-themed era, uh, and that's the end. Um, she sees Fury and Wanda mm-hmm. in their Renaissance garb, and it's like, oh, we're back to <laughs> trying to like shoehorn this weird story into all of these already weird stories. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and then that's where that's where it leaves it. Uh, but it's episode... well, she tries calling out to the watcher. Yes, yeah. Which is fascinating like how long has she known about the watcher? Like well, he pulls them all together, doesn't he? Yeah. In the in the first season. Yeah, they, like, I guess talk, they talk to remember. him and he's They do, right? Yeah. So she probably knows about him. I just don't know that she maybe she just thinks like this is him doing stuff. It's all his doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, being the watcher, like he wouldn't, if it's not him doing it, he would know. It's like, can he explain? Right. Yeah. Um, well, episode six, uh, what if Kahori reshaped the world? This was a really cool one. Um, mm-hmm. It was essentially like Native American story. I don't know if this is related to a comic. I'll be honest. I don't know who Kaori They made a big is. deal about this being a character that is original to What If. Okay. So mm-hmm. I, think, I think this is the first we've ever seen Kahori. Okay. Well, essentially she finds you know what the what everyone is calling the fountain of youth um Mm -hmm. the conquistadors are here they're looking for it she finds it stumbles into it gets sucked into a portal and wakes up in this like other realm where everyone has these like cosmic abilities and they teach her how to use the cosmic abilities and the conquistadors find the place they storm it she beats them all back and then is like you know what I'm going to go back to my side of this pond and I'm going to banish everybody trying to like take over or steal things. And so then she makes her way out and stomps all over the conquest stores and sends them back to where they came from, but takes it a step further and then goes there herself in a post credit scene and basically like threatens them to stop like trying to steal the land from her people. 
it's a really cool episode. There's a lot going on in the episode. It felt confusing because I get like once you finish the season, it makes sense. But at the time that you're watching this episode, it's like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Other than the fact that the the reason that she was able to go into the portal in the lake was because the cosmic cube crashes to Earth where it shatters and part of it crashes to Earth in this lake. And that is causing this portal. And that's how she's able to like go through it. But other than that, it was like, I don't really know what this story is. I don't know what we're trying yeah. to set up or trying to explain. It, yeah. There's so much of it to me was leaning like, is this supposed to be some setup for mutants? Because, mm. you know, they're utilizing the Tesseract here, but it's like the water's kind of what's given them their powers. And it also seemed like, you know, anyone that was was around that has some unique power. It doesn't right. seem like they all kind of have the same power. There seemed to be like some uniqueness per individual, which kind of made me feel like, oh, is this kind of like a different realm of like mutants? This is how they get their brain right. abilities. And if they continue with these powers, of course, you know, like they'll just pass if they have children, you know, they'll pass it down to the children. And that's kind of what caught like creates mutants. That's what I was leaning with this. But I'm where where could they go? <laughs> like yeah, it, I, that's an a, original that's a cool way to look. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just like an, it's like uh, the this is like a, a variant world for mutants, right? I, I like that. I think that's a cool a cool uh, sort of origin story for the mutant gene because mm-hmm. it does seem like for most people it just gives them like enhanced human abilities like they can run a lot faster they can jump a lot higher but then kahori because she's special she also has like telekinesis and Mm -hmm. can run even faster than everyone else can run and so then i started to think like is this some sort of like eternals thing are we like trying to pull that it could be that yeah but but even it's like to that note if kahori's special just Kahori already have like mutant DNA. <laughs> it's just right, yeah. Like yeah. there's so many different paths that could go with this. Mm-hmm. This was uh, one of my favorite episodes this season. I I just thought that it was really interesting. And also, this entire episode or almost all of it is in Mohawk language or in Spanish. They do mm-hmm. have an English dub that you can watch. Uh, I haven't watched that one yet because I thought that this one was too cool. And uh, this actress who plays Kahori, um, Deberry Jacobs. She is a member of the Mohawk Nation, and across her episodes, she does speak Mohawk, Spanish, and English fluently. Very, very <laughs> impressive. Extremely. Um, that's cool to know. I didn't know. I I watched. Uh, I guess the de- I guess the default to the Mohawk language, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's when I watched and liked it. Uh, I'm sure my kids were frustrated because there's, <laughs> you know, um, but this I like. I like this and this this there's part of this that made me think of like uh, Dan Trachtenberg's Predator movie Prey because mm-hmm. uh, it had like some vibe similar vibes going on. Um, but there is there is like a, a an alternate version of Prey in their native tongue. And like, I want to go back and watch that. That's cool. I, that. I liked that, too. It was really cool to see at the end of the episode when it, the first thing that popped up before the credits was like a thank you yeah. to the Mohawk nation and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was like, that's really cool. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely agree. But yeah, definitely a really cool episode. I would I would probably put this in my like top three episodes uh for this season. Um I'll say number two. I think I think my number one we've yet to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um but let's get into uh episode seven. What if Hella found the Ten Rings? This is my number one episode this season. It was the weirdest one. It made zero sense to me what was happening, and I loved every second of it. Uh, <laughs> basically, Hella gets like ousted, uh, like she does in in like all Norse mythology. Um, but this time, she fights back a little bit, and instead, Odin banishes her to Earth and strips her powers. Uh, destroying Mjolnir in a direct like mirror of how she destroyed it in Mm -hmm. uh, Thor Ragnarok. So that was cool. And it's basically the story of Thor one, except Mm -hmm. instead of Thor being sent to earth and landing in America, it's Hela being sent to earth and landing in China or Mongolia. It's super cool. I love the Ten Rings story that they have created for the MCU, and I mm-hmm. wish that they would do more. And so this was cool to kind of see a little bit more. Wasn't quite what I wanted. You know, like I want like an actual Ten Rings, like mm-hmm. the history of the Ten Rings. Where'd they come from? How did he get it? Like, I want that storyline a little bit more. Um, but this was really cool. It was... I guess I guess saying it was like a redo of Thor is not correct because the beginning of the episode is the beginning of Thor. But then right. the rest of the episode is pretty much Shang-Chi, but with uh-huh. Hela. Mm-hmm. Um she goes to Talo, she like learns how to control the power because she's been stripped of all of her power. There's a lot of really funny moments where she's like trying to call her daggers or do her like crown thing, but then nothing (laughs) happens because she doesn't have power anymore. Um, So that, that leads to a lot of like funny little moments. Um, I also just really like Kate Blanchett's version of Hela, this like Mm -hmm. sort of cocky, very Loki esque, like I'm the best at this. And I know I'm the best at this. And I'm surprised that you don't know I'm the best at this. But then she's put in a situation where she's not that. So it's just funny. Um, And then it's just cool to see her. It's sort of like a light version story of what could happen to Hela. Um, And maybe even the Ten Rings as a group. You know, it sort of seems like this is before he switched to being like a drug lord control this like crazy Ten Rings army. And instead, it's like they're fighting for good. They're fighting to save Earth from Odin. Who's I don't know that he's like trying to destroy it. Then like him coming back to Earth kind of doesn't make sense to me. Like, why is Odin here fighting everybody? All of a sudden he wants the Ten Rings. Like, how did he know about him? But that aside, um, 
I just really liked that. I mean, even the whole like fight sequence at the end between the three of them was really cool to see Hela like use her newly found powers. She becomes like white Hela. She gets her crown back. Oh, it was so much fun. I really enjoyed this one. <laughs> yeah, that part was cool at the end. <clears throat> I agree. Like, we do, do we need more backstories here. Like, it's like you look at, like, Infinity Stones and the Ten Rings. Like, there needs to be that knowledge base of, like, why they're so important. Because you would think more characters would want to go after them, right? Um, right. Yeah, I wish they would do that. Hopefully we'll get more of that to kind of give the us more context of like why everything's so important. Right. Well, even in this, you know, the it, it ends with Wenwu's Ten Rings organization and Hela yeah. joining forces and then like yeah. stopping Thanos when he attacks Gamora's people. Like mm. like stopping him early on because they're like here to protect the freedom of everyone in all the realms and it's like yeah like they're like the guardians of the galaxy sort of but it's just mm -hmm. the two of them i don't know it was it was cool i want more of this this storyline <laughs> we got an interesting kind of uh background info moment with hello where she starts complaining about her dad's new girlfriend frigo <laughs> so <laughs> so apparently hella is not Riga's kid she's uh Odin's kid but we don't know who her mom is or if she has one and so I have I haven't read enough of the comics to know what her background is outside of just being like Thor's sister um mm. so I did think that was interesting because I'd always wondered like why don't they look alike <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it makes sense if they're half siblings it makes more sense yeah yeah yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think like that would be a great episode mm -hmm. if they would like do like a succession esque episode with like Thor, Helen, Loki, <laughs> like trying to take over Asgard, but it, but gonna do it in the 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 style of Succession. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who that would be really fun. I don't know who. I was trying to think in, in Norse mythology, I'm pretty sure she's not Odin's daughter. And she's not. In Norse mythology, she's one of Loki's. Yeah, she's one of daughters. Loki's monster babies. Yeah. She's like so, half dead. It's gross. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't I mean, I don't know who, who her mother is supposed to be in the Marvel universe. Uh maybe that'll be some research I do before next time. Um <laughs> But yeah, this was this was my my top episode. Um, I think my I don't know. See now I'm conflicted because I really liked this next episode too, but I don't know that I it topped the Christmas one. So this would be my number four. Uh, episode eight, we got "What If the Avengers Assembled in 1602." Um, now this is a, a Marvel comic. There is. Yeah, I think it's just called 1602. Um, it doesn't have anything to do with this. <laughs> like Everything that's happening in this has nothing to do with the comic. So if you find this comic, don't expect any of this story to be a part of it. Um, but this was a really cool story. It's Robin Hood. 
Hmm. I mean, I'm sure there are other things you could glean from this, but it's pretty much just Robin Hood. Um, the king is gone, and Thor takes over, and is mad because Wanda and Nick Fury brought Captain Carter here to help stop these rifts that keep opening up and, like, sucking people up. But then the rifts keep happening, so Thor thinks that it's because Captain Carter's here, so he's going to try to kill her or oust her or whatever. Then we get to see all of these, like, medieval versions of all of these characters. Uh, you know, we get, like, Tony Stark, who's, like, a blacksmith that's, like, mm -hmm. inventing crazy things. Um, Scott Lang, who somehow has his Ant-Man suit. Like, I'm confused about the... <laughs> they make it seem like this story is set back in time. But then there are other moments in the story that make it seem like this story is set in the future where like somehow there's been some technological like nuclear warhead that went off that destroyed mm -hmm. all of civilization and they're restarting, but they have a couple things from before because his suit is like his full future iron or uh, Ant-Man suit. It's not like mm -hmm. a cool medieval riff on his ant-man suit it's just his ant-man suit and i was like wait i'm confused is scotland yeah. from this timeline was he also pulled here from another timeline this is the one that i was talking about earlier too where there's a moment where happy is who's like the king's aide mm -hmm. uh he gets mad because ant-man makes a joke at him and he like turns purple for a second and you're like see it for just yeah oh is hold on <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah that was another is... moment where i was like is this the happy from the episode that we saw earlier somehow right. in this universe i'm i it's confusing somehow it felt like red herrings because a big part of this plot is trying to figure out who came from another dimension before peggy and mm -hmm. so we could be like, oh, but this one seems like it's Hulk Hogan. And oh, this one seems like it's just regular Ant-Man who somehow <laughs> made it here and has tried to blend in. Um, covering for the fact that it's uh, Rogers Hood is uh, right. is the one from the future. This one, I think, was my favorite episode. Because I know it does not entirely make sense. <laughs> but it was still a lot of fun. And even though the comic series is not like this, I'm going to have to seek it out and read it because it just sounds like a mashup that I need to experience. <laughs> it is a lot drier, I will let you know. <laughs> but isn't it, isn't it Neil Gaiman? I think so, yeah. Okay. See, I like Neil Gaiman. I can get on board with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. There's a lot of like funny moments. There's like a whole moment where... Steve Rogers and his merry men are like pulling a heist on a mm -hmm. load of stuff going to the king, and it's just mm -hmm. like, what? <laughs> what is happening? Um, like there's the also royal, like the royal yellow jackets, yeah, yeah, the royal <laughs> yellow jackets who can also shrink in our the way that they get launched into the trees is that Happy Hogan shoots them out of a gun, yeah. um, so yeah, that, yeah, I, I need some more. 
some more information on how all of this works but i i will accept it it was fun um i also really liked the bruce banner's story in this that like he was locked in a dungeon basically with a big iron mask on so that he wouldn't turn into the hulk and then they come to break him out and like immediately he turns into the hulk and like destroys <laughs> the mask it would t- all it took was like one one second of them being in the room with him uh, but yeah, this one is this one's cool, and also this is how we start to see more of this overarching story take place. Um, mm-hmm. We're back with Captain Carter. She's been dragged here. That's where we last left her. She's here now. She's been here for a while. Um, she's trying to help, but she's not able to help. They have to figure out who it has been this whole time. She finds out it's Steve. She doesn't want Steve to go again because she's like losing Steve for the second time just this season. Um, But unfortunately, that's not how it works. So he does like, I guess, go back to his own time. They don't I mean, they sort of explain it by like this machine will find them and send them home. Mm -hmm. So I guess it sends him home. Uh, And then. Now we got to figure out what to do with Peggy. So mm-hmm. surprise, surprise, strange Supreme pops back up and he's like, Hey, I need your help. And she's like, okay, cool. And that brings us to the finale of the season. What if strange Supreme intervened? It's interesting that this whole season started so dark Mm-hmm. first episode real dark second episode still kind of dark started to lighten up right three four five probably all the way till eight were a little bit a little bit on the lighter side some of them still had some darker tones eight through and through was like a marvel property lots of action lots of funny stuff a little bit of serious stuff Episode nine comes along and is like, let's dive right back into everything being like a little creepy and a little dark. We find that uh, Strange Supreme has been real busy just going around and finding people that destroy their universes and capturing them in these weird like crystal pods. We're not sure why yet. We find out oh, the reason is because he wants to bring back his own universe that he destroyed by basically, like, I don't know, sucking the life force out of all of these people. Yeah, this goes, in like, I feel like we needed one more episode so we understand, like, how did he get this knowledge? Right. <laughs> how right. does he know how to do this? Right. Like, what else has he tried? Exactly. I'm That's sure he in... probably tried hundreds, if not thousands, if not tens of thousands of different things. Because time just doesn't matter anymore. Right. And it, how did it narrow down like this? And do we even know if he would have accomplished this? Like, like it, there's just so many unknowns here. Right. And it's it's confusing because this is one of the first times in this season, at least, that we see the Watcher be like, hey, this isn't great. Mm-hmm. Like we need to stop him. And also he needs to understand that this isn't going to work. But to your point, 
There's no way that this is the first and only thing he has tried. So surely the Watcher has seen him try all these other ways to bring his universe back. And at any time could have been like, hey, man, sorry, but it's not going to work. And we could have avoided this. But instead. You know, it to that, like, that would have been an interesting approach. I mean, it's kind of taken away from, you know, Avengers, right? Like, Strange looks through every scenario to know, like, is there one where, you know, we win? Right. Like, did he do this to, like, realize, is there one way I can bring this universe back? But even if you bring the universe back, what does that mean for the people in that universe? Right. Doesn't necessarily mean like they're they would survive, right? It's like you're just right. looping back into these scenarios where, you, let's say he does bring the universe back. Doesn't mean that he won't have to go through these things over and over and over again to try to keep someone alive, right? And what is this going to do to Loki as the king of time? If he brings back mm-hmm. a whole universe that was destroyed, does that throw the timeline? Like completely, yeah. How does that work? Like holding on to the like these branches of time. Just under one like grows. A... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Loki's just sitting there, and he's like, "Wait, that's new." <laughs> like, like <we're... laughs> now the tree, he's like holding part of the tree with his foot because it started to <laughs> grow over here. Yeah, it's it's very confusing, uh, but it does lead to a very exciting episode um you know once basically kahori shows up and she's the one that strange is trying to catch as like the last Mm -hmm. one of these universe enders um but she's able to talk to captain carter explains everything that's going on captain carter's like oh i'm gonna help you not strange and by help i mean i'm going to break all of these like vessels holding these universe ending villains out so that for whatever reason, they immediately start fighting each other. There's not even a second. I mean, literally she destroys all those things and immediately they start fighting each other. <laughs> and it's like, why, why are they also mad at each other? Wouldn't they all attack strange? I'm confused. This is also but... where we get to see cowboy Loki, which Please let there be an episode in season three of Cowboy Loki. I don't know how that happened. I just want to know how it happened. Please tell me. There are a lot of really cool uh, variants of people that we get in this little sort of background fight. Um, I think the only person that they like actually interact with is Black Panther Killmonger. Um. <laughs> He he's like the only one they interact. I think at one point maybe Thanos is like about to do something to them, but then Killmonger like has all the stones, so he's able to snap his fingers and make Thanos disappear. And then Kahori, who is at this point like essentially a god as far as like her powers are concerned, like just pulls all of the armor off of him and then throws him completely armorless into the fray that they ran away from a second ago, which I thought was just funny that like a good thing he had on his Killmonger suit underneath that iron, like the Black Panther cosmic suit. Cause otherwise he would, she have just dumped him <laughs> naked back in that room. Um, 
and then Captain Carter gets her Infinity Stone suit. Um, and then basically they just like fight Strange. I feel like the Infinity Stones, to me at least, seeing how useless they were in the TVA in the first season of Loki, mm-hmm. ever since then, I have had the hardest time accepting that the Infinity Stones have any real power. <laughs> Every time they pop up now, I'm like, yeah, but who cares, right? Aren't they just like useless? It's and like I have strange, to keep reminding myself. Yeah, like, Strange uh, can do so much of these things on his own right right yeah so it's like do the infinity stones really mean anything anymore it, it feels like the time stone's the only one that had any sort of real relevance to you know yeah if when you look beyond that of like the powers and abilities strange even, can write, yeah strange and wanda like can do so much of this stuff exactly like they are they are beyond the stones and then really the reality stone is the only other one that means anything only because we've seen that that's how kahori gets her power i thought that was the space stone is that what the cosmic cube yeah the tesseract that one the tesseract okay then that's the only one that that has any sort of power because that one breaks and that's how she gets her power Mm -hmm. short of that i feel like the other ones don't do anything because Captain Carter's like shooting power stone beams and mind beams at Strange, mm-hmm. and that's not doing anything. He's able to just like tank them. He doesn't even block them. He just like gets mm-hmm. hit by them, and it's like, ah oh, man, yeah. So it's like, yeah, what are the the stones don't mean anything anymore? <laughs> well, okay, so this this is where we're getting into like the questions that I have of like, what are we really going to see moving forward? Um. And look, like this episode, yeah, it's cool. And like I've mentioned this in so many past episodes, like there's so much of this like anime vibe to this one, right? Of like how they're zipping around and and using these mm-hmm. abilities and things. But like let's let's look at look at this in a different way for a second. Like we kind of see something similar in Secret Invasion when you have like you know this person that gets like all of these various powers, like and becomes like this super being, right? Mm-hmm. And we're kind of getting the, this here as well. For me, it's like taking away from this stuff because it's like we're getting to this point of like, what are we to like watching this from like, you're looking at this, if you look at this from like the viewpoint of like, you know, there's the good guys and there's these bad guys and like, we're kind of expecting like these bad guys are going to get worse and worse and worse. But it's like, we're not really getting that. But now we're going into this realm where you're getting these things that are so powerful. It's like, can you really defeat them? But what's their, we don't know their purpose. Do we fear them? Like we don't have that sense of like the buildup of like Thanos of like, like there was moments where like Thanos was just like, man, like we fear him. Cause like this guy can do things like we just don't know. And he's super powerful. And like, you look at like Bruce Banner, like I could even defeat him as Hulk. And that put me in a whole state. We we're not getting that. We're, we're going into this whole new realm where, where it's like, okay, here's these people that can do all these really cool, amazing things, but it's like, can you really defeat them? And like, who's going to fight them? And what does this really mean? Cause you don't even know like what they're going to want in the end. So right. where is that lead us going into the future of like the MCU? Like, are we going to see more of this stuff? Are we going to go back back to like, are we going to get into a route where it's like someone has a very specific goal 
but they're like so evil and like it's going to put that fear of like can we actually defeat them? like what's this going to do to our world our universe mm-hmm. yeah i <laughs> i hate to tie this back to anime but it's very much like a a dragon ball z problem right yeah we're like we have made everyone so powerful that mm-hmm. the next villain has to be somehow even more powerful but then everyone else has to raise to that level to beat that villain that then you've raised the cap even higher so the next villain has to be and it's like mm-hmm. you got to just put like a hard limit on the hero's ability and be like this is as powerful as the hulk can ever be this is as powerful yeah. as steve rogers can be as captain america and then if you bring in a strong bad guy that's stronger than them the way that they beat them is by teaming up. That's like the whole point of the Avengers, is that if together we are more powerful than this guy. And then you beat him. And then the next one that comes along, it's like, okay, the way to deal with it is to fracture the team so that they're all weak again because they're not a team. And then they have to rejoin the team together to beat the guy. That, I feel like, is a good way to do it. But that's not how they're doing it. They are like, okay, well, now the stones are worthless. They're not powerful mm-hmm. anymore because all of these people are more powerful than the stones. And it's like, but you oh. literally, we spent three whole phases explaining how the stones are the most powerful things in the universe. And now they're pointless because you have two people that are more powerful than the stones. And we mm-hmm. also have these like weird cosmic, like the bangles and the 10 rings that are like completely unrelated to the stones, but also crazy powerful. And it's like, what is happening? <laughs> You're just giving us new items that are really powerful. But now they're not as powerful because these people are just as strong. Yeah. It feels like. It's like, are are we creeping into this realm where like. If this becomes a problem, is the solution to literally just reboot everything? And instead of right. fighting Thanos, it's like. Let's rebuild the team, but now they'll fight Doctor Doom, or now they'll fight Galactus, or right. whatever. Super it, be yeah, yeah. Super Thanos. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's got gold hair. Um, I I will be excited when they introduce Doctor Doom, but it does seem like you hit us with Thanos, like this really powerful, scary villain. Mm-hmm. The next one that you set up was Kang, which like could be a big villain because he has the power to just like go back in time and kill you when you were younger so you can't stop him later. Like that's a scary thought, but they haven't really done that yet. Instead, they're just like, nah, he's just really smart because he can travel mm-hmm. through time. But now we're not really sure where that is going to go. Um Still, still that but came at that one line in quantum mania went like when he's just talking this he's like have i killed you before ant-man right like that set like i was like i'm in like yeah yeah this like he could definitely be a good villain but it's just like what are we gonna like where are we with that are we are we still doing kang are we gonna step i I mean okay coleman domingo is kang what do you think I'm in. I'm I'm honestly in with anybody. <laughs> Just anyone. put somebody in there so so that we can continue the 
the Kang storyline, because otherwise I, I just feel like you've introduced us to these really powerful villains that by the time they introduce Dr. Doom, who is very powerful in the comics, mm-hmm. but they're going to have to introduce him. He's just a guy. He's a guy that's been covered in metal and can sort of control electricity. He becomes powerful later once he gets like the book mm-hmm. of the dead or whatever. And, and he learns a bunch of spells and he becomes a wizard sort of like Dr. Strange. And it's like, Oh, that's, that's powerful. Dr. Doom. But like you haven't introduced him yet. So you're going to introduce him and it's going to be either you hit us with him right away, knowing all that stuff and being crazy powerful, mm-hmm. or you're going to hit it. You're going to hit us with him and it's going to be like, well, he's not scary. I mean, well, there, yeah, Spider-Man there's also like that. There's a thing about the power, right? Like whether it being like Infinity Stones or the cosmic abilities, et cetera, et cetera, even mutants, like when we get into that realm. But I think the we also need that layer of just smarts, like outsmarting the Avengers, mm-hmm. like really messing with them mentally to where it's just like they just get like let's go after more of that approach along just like mm-hmm. the physical capabilities of like I'm bigger, I'm stronger, more muscles, more powers, whatever. Like we need to break, you got to break the heroes mentally and emotionally as well. Mm-hmm. And us as the audience so that we're yeah. like, <laughs> Oh God, this guy's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we get too far away, we'll kind of wrap up uh, the end of this season. Essentially they're able to stop Dr. Strange, they're super strange from killing all of these randos to create his universe. Uh, instead, he sacrifices himself to this machine. Um, the Watcher returns Kahori back to her home universe and then takes Captain Carter with him when they go visit the universe that Strange restored. Um, in that universe, Christine Palmer's alive. Unfortunately, Super Strange sacrificing himself can never be a part of this universe. So this universe has been brought back. It exists, but he will never be alive again. He's gone forever. Um, Captain Carter says, cool, can you show me the multiverse uh, before I return? And that's the end of the season. So... I'm wondering if next season is going to be the Watcher and Captain Carter watching a bunch of stories together. I'm sure there will be some reason for them to like put her in episodes. Mm-hmm. Like there will be some sort of like multiverse breaking thing that she has to help the Watcher stop. But I'm also totally fine with just a bunch <laughs> of one-off stories. How <laughs> hope they do one off like that, that is a fascinating thing you know but it's like because like with the watcher like he can't intervene you know all he can do he just sees everything right but like what does that do <laughs> again i keep going back to this like is captain carter what is her goal if she's just looking for going through all these universes finding the problems to intervene like doesn't that hurt the heroes of that like don't they need to aren't they the ones that need to figure out that challenge because because like she can't just step in and help every time exactly but i get but but you know that's the same similar essence of like captain america right like 
he wants to be there. He wants to help. Like he wants to to be the hero and and have be, be the good, right? That everyone needs. But what is that? What could happen from that? Right. Especially since the whole the whole the watcher's whole MO is that he doesn't do anything. He just he's just there to watch. Yeah. And it's like, but I guess technically you're not breaking your vow to just watch by sending someone else in to do things to stop mm-hmm. it, but at the same you are affecting that universe if it was supposed to end because Super Strange like destroyed it, then isn't that it's supposed to end because Super Strange destroyed it? Not I should figure out a way to make sure that it doesn't get destroyed. Yeah. I don't know. That was a very cool scene though of seeing like the tree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was pretty pretty awesome. Yeah. So it makes me wonder I'm... if they're going to try to bring that more into into season three, like mm-hmm. uh, what the tree is. Maybe check on Loki, see if he's doing okay. Bring him a sandwich. I don't know what he's got out there. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be thought? I'm definitely be so excited yeah, to just be stuck and. Just be stuck because it's like you remember when you had like all of these things like these foods and like <laughs> I'd start missing all of that. Remember whenever you had food and friends? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I guess you could just watch everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I'm very excited for another season. I'm excited to see what they do. I'm wondering if because we've already seen a trailer for it or a teaser for it, whatever you want to call it, I'm wondering if we'll get it sooner rather than later that feels like that's the question on everyone's mind because they've already shown the little teaser mm-hmm. give us a release date so we'll i would exp- we'll keep you all updated yeah. on that but and that teaser with uh bucky and red guardian that's gonna mm-hmm. be a fun episode <laughs> yeah so we'll we'll see when yeah. that when that comes around um Who's uh who's who's another character you'd like to see in season three? Like someone that we've seen very little of. Just I would like you... I would I want to see more of Taskmaster. Master. That'd be a good one. That would be cool. I was gonna say, like, just because I recently read it, uh, Miles Morales. Mm. Yeah. Like, I I understand the weird conflict of, like, who owns Spider-Man when, but come on. Like, the the Miles Morales what-if storyline is so cool to see so many different versions of him. So, I mean, even thinking about this, the Into the Spider-Verse, right? Like, we get Mm -hmm. that, that movie ends with him also being the Prowler. Like, there's so many things that they could do with Miles Morales that would be so cool. Uh, I guess we'll see. More Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Bring back Agent Coulson. Have everyone yeah. discover he's still alive. Yeah, there you go. That would be good. <laughs> this time, actually in Tahiti. <laughs> that would be cool. At Thor's would... Tiki Bar. Not Thor's, uh, Hulk's Tiki Bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for uh, What If Season 2. Stay tuned because Echo is coming out soon. Um, Mm -hmm. We still need to discuss 
how we want to do that. I think it's all dropping at once. Um, I believe that's still the plan. It's uh, five episodes. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, but I haven't seen if they're like 30 minute episodes, hour long episodes that I'm, I'm not sure. Okay. We will probably um, do like an episode per episode. Um, so that'll give you all a chance to watch all of them if you like to binge stuff or if you like to make stuff last. Um, and then it'll also give us a chance to watch them but not have to binge them and then immediately be like here's everything that happened all at once in one episode uh so <laughs> be good we'll yeah. we can space it out leading up to because we'll also have madam web in february yeah which i do have a question related to that but we'll save that for another episode as we get closer to madam web okay okay write it down don't forget it Oh, I, don't, I got it. I'm <laughs> <Okay>. sure <laughs> we'll probably talk uh, before then, but we'll say we'll actually save our responses for like okay. an episode closer to Madam Web. Okay. Um, well, I liked your question about what uh, what character we want to see in another season of What If. So we'll make that our question for the week. Um, so you heard all of our answers this time, but send us your responses on social media. Let us know what character do you want to see a story on you you can get as specific as telling us the story that you want to see if you have one in your head or you could just let us know the character that you'd like to see a what if storyline for uh so be sure to follow us on social and check back with us next week for the first episode of echo see you all next time Bye.